Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wellness Code Podcast. As you may know, Mental Health Week is coming up with the World Mental Health Day on this Saturday, October 10. An ideal time to think about what we can do to increase our mental health and well-being. So for this episode, I have invited my good friend and a registered psychologist, Hannah Idris, to join me in discussing some simple self-care tips to help support our mental health and just overall well-being. Please note that the information presented in this podcast is of a general nature only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from a healthcare professional. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wellness Code Podcast. I'm your host, Ines Pandic, and today I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Hannah Idris. Um, Hannah is a registered psychologist and she loves working with children and youth. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ines, and hey, everybody. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. Well, we were thinking that it would be great for us to work on this episode together Mm -hmm. because the uh, 10th of October is World Mental Health Day, and then it's followed by a week-long emphasis on raising awareness about mental health Mm -hmm. and well-being. So really, today's episode is dedicated to discussing some tips on how to look after our mental health and well-being. Yeah, just general tips that are easy to incorporate for everybody and um, can be easily um, adapted to suit whatever lifestyle you have. So yeah, hopefully it's something that everyone can sort of take a little bit away from. Yeah, or you may find that there are certain tips that really resonate with Mm. you. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you will um, walk away with something quite quite helpful from this episode. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we were talking about just before recording this episode mm. was um, anticipation of threat and uncertainty in the given climate with everything that's happening with the coronavirus and how we are experiencing some unique um, challenges and stressors. And one of those unique challenges is this anticipation of threat. Yeah. So um, it's our systems are continuously scanning and Mm. thinking about the potential of um of an outbreak Mm -hmm. or Or having the virus or or a second wave or how this may impact our health how this may impact our jobs our family members who are vulnerable friends exactly autoimmune disorders all of that sort of stuff and it's not only the anticipation, I think, but it's also the chronicity of it where it's been ongoing for so long since, you know, March or so of this year and we're in October now. Um, it's been ongoing and there hasn't been, I guess, a resolution for it. It's still up in the air of when we'll have a vaccine, up in the air of, you know, how it'll affect us or whether it'll affect us personally. Um, so there's a lot of stress that hasn't had any um, resolution and also the fact that people who are experts in the field are even kind of, you know, don't really have the answers for us. So mm-hmm. there's the unknown and that uncertainty coming from even people who have a lot of knowledge in the area and are experts in the area that it's 
we're all in this together of like what is going on and what is what is one of the best ways that we can live with uncertainty Hmm. Um, obviously for us in particular um, we're big fans of mindfulness so it's that's the first thing that Hmm. comes to mind is how we can implement short mindfulness practice um, in just our day-to-day living to help us manage some of that uncertainty and some of the ongoing stress really takes its toll on you not just emotionally but also physically um and mentally um from the stress that's been going on for so long i know personally it's it's hard to find a time yeah yeah. The biggest barrier to anyone um, practicing uh, mindfulness is actually finding the time. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people can relate to, to that as well. You know, you see um, people saying, oh, you should have 20 minutes of mindfulness in a day. And a lot of people who have, you know, multiple responsibilities, they might be working multiple jobs or have multiple responsibilities. They might be thinking, you know, well, where is that time? Your time poor. Um, your time poor, absolutely. And so what um, we want to talk about a little bit is how to incorporate mindfulness as part of your day where it's not necessarily adding, adding anything extra or trying to carve out extra time to practice mindfulness. It's just doing things that you already do as part of your everyday activities and just doing them in a more mindful manner. Um, so, you know, we call it micro um, mindfulness where it's just things that you're already engaging in. So, for example, you know, I like to go on like evening strolls. Um, and so I usually like to incorporate mindfulness when I'm doing that. So, you know, noticing um, different um pets or animals that are around as I walk by or noticing different trees or the colors of flowers on the path um any smells you know it might be the flowers or it might be something that's not nice um mindfulness is just being open and aware of whatever is going on around you um I also like doing it you know as part of when I'm having my lunch sometimes so you know noticing the texture of the food as I'm eating it noticing the smell of it um, you know, the temperature of it, you know, what the colors are in my food and just being more slow and just pausing a little bit rather than being on go, go, go. What's the next thing? What's, you know, next task on the list or next, um, thing in the calendar. Mm -hmm. It's taking a more measured approach and just being present for that moment, whatever it is. I've paired up my mindfulness, my micro mindfulness, moments with either getting my lunch or Mm. walking in the morning or um, just doing some of the more mundane tasks. Mm. If I need to go to the pharmacy or if I need to pick something up, I may check in with myself and uh, similar to you using my senses. Mm. And that's a very common mindfulness-based practice is to use your senses senses because that is one of the most direct and fastest ways to check in with yourself and to connect with the present as well to connect with the present and the same with our breath Mm. so breathing is a the most accessible yeah um tool it's something that we all 
have and do. Have. Yeah. So we can use that as mm. as our anchor. Anchor. That's a that's a really good way to anchor yourself into the present moment. Mm. Is just to focus to on the breath. Focus on yeah. the breath. I think um, a lot of people might, you know, have this perception that when you're doing mindfulness, um, firstly, that it's something that comes naturally or it's something that you just pick up automatically. It's something that, you know, it's requires practice, number one. Um, but number two, that, you know, when you're doing it, it's not about making your mind clear and not having any thoughts. You know, you mentioned the 4,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. It's noticing what where your thoughts are drifting to, when your thoughts are drifting mm-hmm. more, um, and just being non-judgmental about it. So some days you might notice that your thoughts are drifting away a lot and that gives you insight into, you know, what might have been going on for you that day, um, whereas other days it might, you know, not really drift away as much and doesn't mean that one mindfulness practice was better than the other. It's not about um, achieving a certain level of... It's definitely um, not. ...you know, proficiency. It's about... A state of being that you bring to every activity, whether it's eating, whether it's you know grabbing your lunch, whether it's waiting in the queue at the pharmacy, um, it's just being intentional with it and focusing on the present, noticing what's going on for you in your body and responding to what your body might tell you to do. And that ties in nicely into the next point that we wanted to raise. And that's noticing occasions and times of the day when you are really grinding your gears. Mm. You feel low in energy mm. and you are really feeling low in terms of your mental space. Yeah. And that can come out in different ways. You know, it might be that you're really cranky and short and, mm-hmm. you know, losing your temper over certain things. It might be that you're just feeling really upset and small things make you, you know, more emotional than they usually would. Or, you know, it could be that you just feel nothing at all. Like you're just flatlined, mm-hmm. not feeling anything at all. So it comes out and is expressed differently in different people, but it's about noticing what that is for you and noticing, you know, whether there are times that you feel different elements of that. So maybe you might be cranky in the evening and in the morning you might just be kind of going on autopilot and not really noticing yeah, what you're you doing. you may feel rushed. Yeah. Um, you may feel irritable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be morning or it could be midday for you. Yeah. So the idea is really just to, just to notice uh, what happens for you during the day and yeah. how you transition from one task to the next. Yeah. Um, and that's when mindfulness is really quite handy is yeah. those hot spots during the day when you are either irritated in traffic mm. or you have a short fuse or yeah. not as much patience for things, yeah. yeah, you know, smacking on the keyboard and mm-hmm. and every little thing can yeah. set you off. Yeah. So doing you know, practicing having these micro mindfulness moments, it's all about building a habit Mm. so that when you find yourself feeling irritated, angry, upset, or really low, it's Mm. much easier to implement or engage in a mindfulness state of being and be able to say, oh, I'm really irritated right now, or I feel really rushed and as such. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also irritated and now I am kind of taking this entire um, 
with this mindset, I'm mm-hmm. entering into my next task, whether it's going to the office or yeah. even working from home. Yeah, yeah. So it's about reacting rather. So it's about responding it's rather responding than Responding rather reacting and um, creating space for yeah. yourself between um, uh, uh, there is a space where either you are being triggered by something mm. and then you have a choice. There's a moment there where you can then take a minute, yeah. take a second and respond rather rather than then react. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about noticing, you know, um, your trigger points and knowing what things are going to set you off. And, you know, mindfulness can really help you to be more attuned with yourself and your experience. Um, I think a really helpful analogy is kind of like, you know, you've got a Coke bottle that you're sort of shaking up with everyday stresses, right? Mm -hmm. So if you shake it only a little bit and you kind of unscrew the lid and let the pressure off, it's a lot easier for it to not create a whole mess and mm. for there to yeah. be overwhelming feelings yeah. as opposed to if you have the Coke bottle and you're shaking and you've got your everyday stresses and it's really overwhelming you and then you try to take the stress off or take the pressure off a little bit, um, you know, it's a lot bigger mess and it's a lot harder to handle and it's a lot more overwhelming. And so mindfulness is about knowing, okay, let me um, let me intervene when it's a little bit lower here and let me do maybe my breathing exercises or do a grounding exercise through the five senses um, rather than waiting for things to tip over and for things to be really overwhelming before you kind of take action. Mm. Hannah, what are some of your favorite uh, um, either apps or just resources Mm. that you like using or you like recommending to your clients to help them build that habit of of introducing mindfulness in their day-to-day living? Yeah. So I'm sure everyone is kind of aware of Smiling Minds. I think it's really helpful and useful. It's got a number of different um, uh, meditations to different school ages. But I also really like using this app and website called Insight Timer. Insight Timer. has, um, you know, I think they've got 55,000-plus guided meditations for sleep, for performance and focus. And are these free they are free free content yeah Yeah. so they've got i think there's some premium content but there's quite a lot of free content on there as well for even kids because i think mindfulness is something that you can introduce even with smaller kids um you don't necessarily have to be an adult to benefit from Mm -hmm. mindfulness um and you know the creators of the site or the app i think they have the philosophy of you know mindfulness being should be accessible for everyone and I very I much that. think that that's the case it should be accessible for everyone I think everyone can benefit from it mm, fantastic um yeah I'll definitely I'll link that in the notes mm-hmm. um and with that said there's also 10% happier and mm-hmm. calm yep. um but I would have to say that with both of these apps the a lot of content is premium so yeah. there's the you have to pay for it a you bit. have to pay yeah. um, a bit yeah it's important for it to be accessible so yeah that so i like the idea on. of having a variety of content mm. Mm. that is um fairly accessible to people that's fantastic yeah. in line with uh the importance of cultivating the the habit of of practicing mindfulness mm. i think is also introducing uh, relaxation rituals yeah yeah and we really shouldn't feel guilty about taking the time out and yeah um to relax yeah absolutely um, if you're running on empty you can't really help anyone and you can't really function the way that you would want to be 
functioning. So it's really important to take a pause, recuperate, recalibrate, and then you come to your next task with a lot more clarity and stillness in you rather Mm. than that sort of negative energy or that kind of built up um, energy. And relaxation is about giving our nervous system a rest. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, In particular, if you've had a really long day or if you had a really long week or a really long few weeks for that matter. Yeah. Or long months with, you know, our current climate. So it goes back to the idea of what we were talking about at the beginning of Mm. anticipation of threat and uncertainty and how we are in a constant um, state of alertness. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to find ways through which we can allow our nervous system to take a break and just go from the, um, from the, sympathetic nervous mode and system constantly being on Mm. to tuning it down a little bit and allowing for the parasympathetic system to kick in and have have a bit of rest yeah yeah so it could be um having a little bit of stillness in your day still and quiet Mm. and engaging in some activities which will be nourishing Mm. so whether it's reading a book doing a, a crossword puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you got to, you know, essentially you're going to find something that you really love to do or mm. enjoying a really good cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. What my concern is and what we are seeing is that a relaxation gets meshed mm. in with screen time. Yeah. And we're confusing the two. Yeah, yeah. And it's really important to notice the difference or see the difference that uh, remaining to, you know, being engaged Mm. with the media, in particular social media, even you might think that you're relaxing, but you're actually still plugged in and you're consuming extra content. And sometimes that content can be, stressful especially you know if you look at um you know the online content some of the online content now where there's a lot of you know updates and um you know news articles of you know how coronavirus is affecting the housing market and how it's affecting you know job prospects and you know whether the likelihood of you know us going into a second wave and what the um, current daily death toll is in Melbourne yeah. or, you know, in this country. And so, you know, and bizarre cases of people who had no symptoms for two months and then suddenly they have symptoms of coronavirus. And it can very much feed into that constant state of alertness and apprehension and anticipation of threat where in the time that you're carving out to relax, you're really actually consuming content that's stressful and that's going to cause anxiety Um, so digital digital distance mm, be intentional about how you use it how um, and if you do use it it, try to yeah be cognizant of what what content you're accessing i guess yeah and how do you feel after you've been on yeah Yeah. do you feel relaxed do you feel relaxed after um, and how does it how does it make you feel just mm. kind of going through the feeds and yeah. how do you feel after and it could be that just putting some boundaries around mm. the consumption of, of content yeah. could be um, 
could be quite helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, it just might ensure that our relaxation time, that time is really for relaxation, relaxation yeah, yeah. Um, purposes only. Yeah. With along those lines, um, we also wanted to mention um, the idea of cultivating those positive emotions mm. such as gratitude kindness and self-compassion mm. so just to make it clear we're not talking about here um enforcing any sorts of uh, enforcing positivity enforcing ourselves to believe something that they mm. you know isn't real or forcing ourselves to be positive yeah. when perhaps we are um experiencing some real challenges mm. Instead, this is about um, a way of thinking mm. uh, which can help shift our mindset and which can help us relate to our stress in a different yeah. or in a more adaptive way. Mm -hmm. And science does show that um, gratitude, kindness, self-compassion, they're almost buffers. They're quite, yeah. um, they're protective. Mm. They serve as buffers against um, against stress, um, yeah. kindness in particular, it's good for you mm -hmm. and it's good for the person on the receiving yeah. end as well. Mm -hmm. So with these three, three emotions in our, and remembering to, um, to engage with these positive emotions in our day-to-day -day living yeah. can yeah. potentially make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. A tangible difference, I think, um, and, you know, I like to think of it as sort of a way that you filter the world or like a lens through which you see the world. Um, it's very easy to sort of see all the negatives. And and as you mentioned, we're not talking about toxic, toxic posi positivity. Mm -hmm. um, can't get my words right. Um, it's about, you know, seeing the things that you might not have taken stock of before or things that you maybe take for granted. Um, and, you know, with kindness, it's about... Um, sort of putting yourself maybe in the other person's shoes and kind of extending the kindness that you would extend um, and, and being understanding. So, you know, you might yeah. be in traffic and someone's cut you off and you could so easily flip your switch and get really angry and, and you know, have road rage. But, you know, if you extend a bit of kindness and think, oh, you know, maybe they're in a rush to get to work or, you know, maybe they're... And they probably you know, are. Yeah, or maybe their wife gave birth or, you know maybe their child is in the hospital or, or whatever circumstances it can help to kind of take a situation where you'd be really frustrated and annoyed and mad um, and kind of redirect that energy so that you're yeah. not taking that on. Um, and then, you know, with self-compassion, it's, it's about sort of treating yourself the way that you would your friends. You know, we're always so compassionate with our friends and so kind and, um, you know, often really hard on ourselves and mm -hmm. you know self-compassion is about being gentle with yourself and realizing that you know um you're only human you're going to make mistakes and that you can learn from your mistakes it's not like uh making a mistake is a final thing and you know it's the end of the world it's you can make mistakes and sort of pick up the slack and and, and do something different the next time um and I think those three together, as you mentioned, they're so, so important. And especially right now, given the current climate and um, what we're going through, being grateful for, you know, the positives that are going on in your life and being kind to those around you and being kind to yourself. So not comparing yourself to other people. 
I know that very much was a thing with, you know, lockdown where everybody was kind of comparing who's done what during um, mm-hmm. lockdown. And, you know, some people might have felt like they weren't doing enough and feeling like, oh, my God, how did they do all of that? I couldn't even make it out of bed this morning. Um, and so, you know, it's really important in those instances to practice that self-compassion and be like, this is a really stressful time. Everyone's on their own journey and it's okay yeah. that I'm struggling, you know, Um it's and it's okay not to be productive it's okay not to be productive yeah if I don't feel like doing it then that's okay yeah 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 I think for me as well self-compassion has been quite um an important positive emotion especially in in my relationship with with my child with my Mm -hmm. kid um as parents we are constantly in these you you may be under pressure you may be under stress and sometimes you react you forget that oh I was you know I really I should have responded in this situation Mm. because that would have been a lot more helpful so if I am angry or if I'm irritated Mm. and it's usually when you're super tired as well yeah so in those moments, let's say if you have behaved in a less than desirable way and you're mm-hmm. not happy with yourself, yeah. so rather than feeling really guilty and ashamed of the way in which mm-hmm. I behaved, yeah. I remember self-compassion. Yeah. And just remembering that concept, it allows me not to get attached to guilt and shame, yeah. not to be overly attached. Yeah, yeah. Rather, I can step out of the situation mm-hmm. and I can view situation from the outside. Yeah. I can use my breath to anchor myself mm-hmm. and then say, okay, let's let's have a, a do-over. Let's yeah. start again. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And so that's how really up to this point, I wasn't really sure what to do with self-compassion, to be Mm, honest. mm. Um, But I think as a parent, it's really helped me to to apply it during moments where, yeah, you might might shrink into that. Shrink into that, into that feeling of just guilt, guilt and shame. Mm. And that may prevent us from re-engaging with the situation in a way that's nurturing and uh, in a way that will actually repair any damage that might have been caused by irritability or or anger or um, feeling or being really tired. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I really hope that people consider the idea of um, just embracing, concept, yeah. just as a concept, yeah. embracing gratitude, kindness, and self-compassion. Yeah. So to wrap things up, the last um, three tips that we have on the list. So mm-hmm. um, last but not least, are movement, sleep hygiene, and nutrition Mm -hmm. it goes without saying that movement is good for us it's good for our bodies it's especially good for helping us manage stress yeah absolutely especially that endorphin release when we engage in physical exercise it's really important and whatever that physical exercise is for you doesn't really matter just as long as you're out there keep moving do what you can might be yoga it might be yoga uh yoga uh, 
with Adrian. It's a YouTube channel that I've mm. um, I've used many, many times. I love her videos. Yeah. Some of them are maybe 20 minutes long. And um, I'll definitely link that yeah. in the show notes yeah, for anyone absolutely. that's interested. But of course, there are many, many, many types. Odd, yeah, many whatever types. it is for you, as long as you find something that you can be consistent with and that you can kind of, you know, um, carve out some time to do it regularly because we know regular um, physical exercise helps with mood. There's um, proven. There's a very clear association yeah, there proven, that uh, exercise yeah, and, and, and mood go well together. Um, sleep hygiene, of mm. course. Regular Having bedtime. Having that regular bedtime and uh, regular wake-up time. Mm-hmm. And if we are struggling with sleep, um, mindfulness can be, again, quite helpful with that as well. Absolutely. Before bed, that's a really helpful thing to do. And having, you know, we're talking about relaxing rituals earlier, Mm -hmm. having some kind of wind down routine prior to Mm -hmm. bed can be so helpful to getting, you know, a restful night's sleep. Um, If you try to go from whatever activity you're doing, prior to bed and go straight to bed you might find that it's you're still kind of wound up your body hasn't really um, gotten ready for bed and so having that time to you know do your relaxation exercises or rituals and you know get yourself ready for bed can help you to have that restful sleep rather than tossing and turning and kind of having you know the thoughts of your day or worries and things swelling in your mind doing that um, mindfulness and the relaxation things can help you know Turn down the volume a little bit Mm -hmm. for you. And uh, increase the capacity for your body to actually benefit from that sleep Mm. and um, restore as much as possible during the night as well. So the last thing is, and look, we're not, although we're not dietitians dietitians or nutritionists, but Mm. it goes without saying that... um, Eating food that's good for you, that's mm. going to fuel you. Yeah. So diversity of foods, diversity of 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 plants, yeah. um, and making sure that you are hydrated as yeah. well. And eating regularly, keeping up as the well. food intake when and we're regular stressed eating can you know that's one of the first things that can kind of get um, thrown out the wayside or even mm. just have a change in it. And so it's really important to be mindful of that be aware of that and just um make sure that you're eating regularly throughout the day um, and keeping yourself you know hydrated and and nourished yeah i think that really sums up that nicely it's diversity of foods regular eating Mm. and making sure that um you are that your nutrition is is meeting the needs of yeah. of your body to function yeah. as as best as possible. Definitely. Um, so pretty much what we what we talked about in our mm. in, in in this episode today is to be to practice mindfulness yeah. to in, introduce some micro mindfulness um, moments throughout the day to incorporate relaxation rituals to incorporate relaxation throughout. to be mindful mm. of our media and, and content yeah. intake mm-hmm. and what might be triggering us, especially what are our hot spots during yeah. the day mm-hmm. and decreasing that, um, de- decreasing our reactivity mm-hmm. to stress as well yeah. and cultivating positive emotions such oh, yeah. as gratitude, kindness and 
self-compassion. Yeah. I think we've really focused on trying to make it as accessible as we can and things that you can easily incorporate as part of your day um, or as part of your routine. So it's not about, you know, needing extra additional time to incorporate mindfulness as you can already include it as part of your day and um, build up that skill throughout. Um, And also, you know, focusing on things that you can control because it's so easy during times of uncertainty to have that loss of control and feel really overwhelmed these are some things that you can use to increase your sense of control and things that you can actively do yourself that will have a tangible benefit on your mental health and mental well-being Mm. Hannah thank you for that that was a wonderful summary of pretty much everything that we uh, talked about in this episode today Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Wellness Code podcast. And look, I can't wait to have you back on, um, back on again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. It's so fun (laughs) chatting with you um, and, you know, talking about, you know, what are some things that people can do uh, to look after themselves. So definitely look forward to being back again. (laughs) Take care, everyone. And we will talk to you all very soon.